Good morning. It is Kale and Company Live. Welcome to the program. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. Thanks for joining us this morning on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. And thrilled to have in the studio a WKXL alum in Paul E. Brogan. And uh, Paul, welcome to the the show. Great to have you with us. Thank you, Ken. It's great to be here with you today. Thank you for inviting me. And and I'm sure your name and uh, your face is uh, very familiar to uh, many of our WKXL listeners. You you had a show here several years ago. I did, Downtown Dialogues, for two years. Yeah, and... uh, uh, well, what did you do on that show? What uh, what was the, uh, the the content of it? Was to sort of highlight individuals locally or nonprofit organizations that might you know slip under the wire or something, and to have a chance to sort of bring awareness uh, to the listeners. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's what radio is all about. It sure it, is. It really and truly is, and radio is still alive, folks. Uh, yeah. And uh, I am holding in my hand a, a book that we actually talked about here on the radio. Uh, last week when we were talking about Ollie, the Osher uh, Lifelong Living Institute, uh, which you have been a big part of for years. But I'm going to hold this up to, uh, to camera, camera three so we can get a good tight shot of this. A Sprinkling of Stardust Over the Outhouse <laughs> is the name of uh, Paul's uh, latest book. And uh, we'll, we'll certainly uh, talk about that. But I mentioned uh, Osher, and we were talking uh, before the show uh, talking about uh, the Osher Lifelong Living Institute, Ollie, as it's called, and you've been involved what for for twelve years with 12 that program. Twelve years, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. It's a great part of my life. I really love it. Yeah, and uh, you're teaching a course uh, coming up. Uh, Concerning Cole Porter. Yes, yes. Cole Porter. Uh, his influence in Hollywood, in film, and even an Agatha Christie mystery from 1982, Evil Under the Sun, used nothing but Cole Porter music wow. to underscore each of the scenes. Wow, that that is something. So that would be a, an interesting course to take. You know, you're doing that in Conway, is that correct? No, I'm uh, doing that one in Manchester. Oh, in Manchester. Yes. Okay, you're doing one in Conway as well? I am yeah. on Oscar songs, songs ah. that have won or been nominated and didn't win. Ah, okay. Very good. So you're involved in, in just about everything. I know you're, you're doing some Concord TV as well. And uh, just a, a guy that gets around and writes uh, for The Patch, which you have been since uh, The Patch got started, right? Back in, what, 2011? Yep, 2011. Yeah. And uh, doing features uh, for them on a yes. on a regular basis, so you, you've got uh, you've got your hand in just about everything that's going on <laughs> uh, in Concord and and well beyond, and uh, and we'll talk about that. And what, one of the things we talked about last week uh, when uh, Tori Burby was on the show with us uh, from Ollie, uh, talking about your relationship with Doris Day uh, of of all people, Paul, how? How did that begin for those those who missed it last week? Well, uh, when I was eight years old, our family went to the Concord Drive-In over off of Manchester Street to see a movie called Please Don't Eat the Daisies. In it, Doris Day and David Niven play the parents of four kids, and I was just mesmerized by her. I sat down the next day, wrote a fan letter, Doris Day, Hollywood, California. That was it. That was it. Doris Day, Hollywood, California. And no zip code 
those days. Right, right. And said in it uh, that if I didn't have my own mother, I'd love to have you as a mother. Sent it off. Everyone said, oh, Paul, don't expect anything back. Uh, and about a month later, an envelope arrived, uh, autographed still, a lovely letter saying, dear Paul, it's the sweetest fan letter I ever received. I hope you'll stay in touch with me. She included her home address in Beverly Hills and uh, would always write to me and tell me, I'm sure you can't see my latest movie because it's too mature. And I didn't get to see very many of them because those comedies were considered very risque. At the time, yeah. And the Catholic Church found them morally objectionable in part for all was the rating that they got from the Legion of Decency. So uh, she would once in a while say, I'm doing a movie I think you can see. So we just continued that until 1973 when I went to California and she said, we have to meet while you're out here. She invited me to the house. She'd never met me before, invited me to her home, brought me into the house. Uh, We went bike riding. We went to a delicatessen that she loved. And from there, it just uh, became a great friendship. Isn't that something? I mean, Doris Day, one of the the great stars of Hollywood uh, mm-hmm. in her day, and uh, you had a very close relationship uh, with her. That is uh, that is truly something. And I, I know I, I read where uh, you could discuss just about any topic yes. with her. Yes, she was uh, totally uh, open and free and comfortable and totally non-judgmental. Of course, she loved animals so much, so I guess, you know, I was maybe a stray that she brought into the fold. (laughs) But you were still fortunate enough to to have uh, your own mother still around. Yes, yes. 99 years old. That That is terrific and, mm-hmm. and uh, very active, you told me. And uh, uh, she went to Juilliard School and is, is still playing the piano every day, right? Yes, she does. Wow. And that, that keeps her young, I'm sure. It does. It yeah. does. Absolutely. Never yeah. stop. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, A Sprinkling of Stardust, Over the Outhouse, a very creative title. And this is what, book number three for number you? Three. Number three. Yes. Number three. I know number four is on the way, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, later on, but uh, tell us about what else is in this one, and, and we'll uh, we'll touch on the others as well. But uh, tell us what people can expect from this one. Well, it's uh, partially a, a, a letter of love to the city of Concord and mm-hmm. growing up here and the great things that you discover and learn and experience growing up in a small New England town in the fifties and sixties. Uh, And it's how to my attitude and the way I overcame certain adversity and certain things that happened that were less than pleasant uh, and how you can allow yourself to be destroyed by the negatives in Mm -hmm. life that we all have, whatever they happen to be. Uh, But if you keep going on and you adopt an attitude that – Uh, This isn't the end of the world. This isn't the way it has to be. We have the ability as humans to change our course and trajectory. And so I think that that is part of the sprinkling of Stardust over the outhouse. The outhouse is where we put all the stuff that is negative. We throw it in there. We sprinkle a little stardust over it and move on from it. And we don't wallow in it. And we don't 30 years later, you know, have regrets and bitterness. Right. Exactly so. And uh, we were talking earlier today about 
downtown Concord, which is a, a terrific place uh, mm-hmm. right now. Yes. Uh, but uh, but years ago, you, you can't believe, I mean, m- many people who have uh, moved to Concord over the years uh, probably wouldn't believe what was downtown at what point in, ter- in terms of, uh, uh, you know, five and ten stores, mm-hmm. uh, clothing stores, uh, you name it. Uh, and exactly. I think people would be very surprised to, to hear yes. uh, what was uh, in downtown Concord at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the things, my previous book on the Concord Theater and movies yeah. in Concord, I write that in 1946, more than 900,000 tickets were sold to our three downtown movie theaters mm. that year. Three downtown uh, three movie downtown theaters. Three downtown movie yep. theaters. And almost a million people went to the movies that year downtown. It's it was amazing. an enormous amazing. Uh, economic you know, generator for the downtown. Oh, when you think at, at that point, Concord probably had uh, maybe even less than 30,000 people, right? 26,000. 26. Yes. So yes. so there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 900,000 yes. went went to the movies one Tickets. year. Well, when I worked at the Concord Theater, yeah. Valley of the Dolls drew 15,000 people. Uh, now, were during, you old enough to see that one? At, uh, at that I wasn't time? supposed to. Oh, okay, but you uh, did. I was committing yeah. a mortal sin, <laughs> <Yeah>. but uh, <laughs> but that's how many people came to see it. Nobody admitted it afterwards. Oh, you right. would be amazed right. Right. how many yeah. people. Yeah, oh, Valley of the Dolls. Oh, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't see, see that. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but many did. Yes, many they did. did. And that was really one of the more successful movies at the Concord Theater, right? Yes, yes. yes. That and Moonstruck were probably really? yeah. the total. Yeah. Totally opposites as far as the subject matter, but right? Yes, yeah, yeah. That that is really something, and uh, we'll talk more about the Concord Theater as well, uh, which has now become the uh, Bank of New Hampshire, New Hampshire stage, stage. and uh, uh, they they have really done some uh, wonderful things with that space. They have, and uh, you're going to be there in the not too distant future. Yes, and we'll talk about that. There are so many things we'll need more than an hour today, but uh, Paul Brogan is with us, and uh, we'll be talking about. Uh, uh, more of the Hollywood uh, stars and starlets that uh, he met uh, over the years. We'll talk about the Concord Theater and uh, many other things right here. Kale and Company live on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We're presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. We will be right back. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Paul Brogan is our guest, and his newest book is A Sprinkling of Stardust Over the Outhouse. It's a must-read. I have it in my hand right now, an autographed copy, and can't wait to delve into it because I've already learned a lot uh, this morning from uh, Paul Brogan, since uh, the the second we met in the parking lot outside our plush but not overly ostentatious WKXL studios here on Reddington Road. And uh, and Paul, we were just talking about a former uh, WKXL radio star, Jim Rivers. And uh, Jim is a good friend of mine, but this is one aspect of his life I had no knowledge yes. of. In the early 60s, Jim and I were in the Carmelite Boys Choir right up here on Pleasant Street. 
uh, and had a great time. He still reminds me of it periodically on Facebook when we exchange messages. Yeah. But yeah, we were singing our hearts out up there. I, you know, I never knew Jim was a singer. Very I, good one I'm, too. I'm, I'm watching my phone to see if I get a text uh, <laughs> uh, from Jim. But that uh, that that is really something. I had had no idea about uh, Jim Rivers and uh, his uh, singing career, as it were. But uh, Paul Brogan is here. He's also a WKXL alum. I run into so many of them. I was just, we were just talking about Jim Janot, who uh, just celebrated uh, a birthday. And uh, some of the great WKXL, uh, you know, people who have been here over the years. So, Paul, we mentioned Doris Day. So I have to pry a little bit about some of the people that you might have met through uh, Doris Day and your friendship uh, with her. Oh, well, I, I knew Rock Hudson, yeah. uh, and I met a lot of people through an organization she was active in called Actors and Others for Animals, ah. and they raised money and did Spay Day USA and different things. And with Doris, I went to the Playboy Mansion in 1975 for a fundraising event uh, for Actors and Others for Animals, and Hugh Hefner, who was a huge animal lover mm-hmm. of two-legged and four-legged, yep, yeah. um, had this event and opened the entire mansion and the grounds up to the people for this event. And he was mesmerized by Doris and offered her money on the spot to pose. Wow. She said no, but she said, you're welcome <laughs> to donate that money to the animals. I'm not sure if he did or not. but uh, And then I met a lot of people when I was involved with HIV AIDS in New Hampshire, raising money and awareness for organizations. And I would bring different people, Greg Luganis, the Olympic diver, Carol Channing, um, Jack Jones, the singer, um, various people to the area to raise money and awareness for the organizations and the work we were doing. You just mentioned these names like, uh, you know, like like nothing. Carol Channing, Jack Jones. Uh, and you told me that uh, you brought uh, uh, Carol Channing to Concord. Yes. In, in 2007, she came to Concord for three days. She said it was one of the best three days of her life. Wow. That is something. So uh, what what was her purpose in, in being here? Uh, she did a performance at the Capitol Center. Yeah. And then she uh, went to see some of our clients who were too sick and too ill to come to the performance and did a little one-on-one. She and Governor Lynch established a bond that was amazing to watch. Uh, She she rewrote the words to Hello Dolly for Hello Johnny (laughs) and sang it to him and the legislature and the House of Reps and the Senate. And just did a lot uh, to make people aware of the organization and what we were doing and the good that we were doing. Wow, that that is something, a star of that uh, magnitude. Mm-hmm. I do remember, I wasn't there, but I do uh-huh. remember her uh, playing Concord <laughs> and the relationship mm-hmm. she had with uh, former Governor Lynch. Yes. And and Jack Jones, what, what, what was he doing? He came for the same reason. He came in uh, 2003. Um, that year, I brought him, and I also brought Patty Page, who had a maple syrup farm in New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, and I arranged a tour of three cities for her for three different AIDS organizations. She played Manchester. No, she played Manchester the Palace. Yeah. She played the Capitol Center. She played the Music Hall in Portsmouth. 
And all the money went, and she donated most of the money from maple syrup sales in the lobby to the AIDS organizations. People stampeded the lobby because it was the singing syrup. You unscrewed the cap, yeah. and there was a computer chip in there, and you heard Patty Page singing about maple wow. syrup in New Hampshire. Isn't that something? The singing rage, Patty yes, Page. Absolutely. Yeah, Patty Page and uh, Carol Channing and Jack Jones, all brought to New Hampshire by Paul Brogan uh, in our studio today, and uh, the author of a terrific new book, as we mentioned, A uh, Sprinkling of Stardust Over the Outhouse. Your third book. Uh, tell us a little bit about your first two. First book was called, Was That a Name I Dropped? Question mark. Um, and that was sort of Hollywood-based also. And that was uh, because it was sort of a joking reference to name dropping yeah. uh, and the different uh, individuals. My second, I really was, it was special to me because I'd worked for 27 years at the Concord Theater on yeah. Main Street from 67 until 94. And most people didn't know the real history of that theater and that the woman who ran it for 61 years uh, was there every night. She was the face of the theater. She did the bookkeeping. She booked the film. She sold the popcorn, the tickets, you know, created the ads for the paper. And people didn't know that. So it was a great thrill to be able to tell that story and the story of the influence movies had yeah. on a community like Concord. And, and the movie theater business was uh, very much different then than it is today. Very much. That was the main, other than radio, yeah. uh, that was the main entertainment that people could afford because it was 10, 15 cents to yeah. go out. Wow. What was popcorn? Popcorn was yeah. seven cents for a bag. Wow. Seven cents. Seven cents. Now you're lucky to get a bag for $7. Exactly. (laughs) That would be a bargain these days. Yes, it would be. To get a bag of popcorn for $7 (laughs) at a movie theater. But but I I know you, uh, you know, I read where you would get the uh, variety. Yes. The the Bible of uh, the show business industry, and you would read variety and uh, consult with uh, the the woman who ran the theater. Her her name was uh, Teresa. Teresa. Yes. And she was there all the time. All the time. All the time, and, all the time, and, every night. And you would uh, come in and uh, give her ideas about what, which movies she should go after. Absolutely. And she yeah. listened. And when you're a teenager and you have an adult who's 40 years older than you, taking what you say seriously, it's a, it's a wonderful experience to be respected that way yeah. and to have that. And, and you were just a youngster and came, yes. came to her with uh, you know, many ideas. I guess you would talk uh, as the movie was playing and the second show was uh, mm-hmm. getting set to start and you would discuss the, the movies that you thought would be great for the, uh, for the Concord Theater, which didn't always have the first run uh, movies. Well, mostly it did. Yeah. I mean, Towering Inferno, Young Frankenstein, yeah. uh, Broadcast News. Yeah. She made it into a first-run house. Yeah. You bid against the other theaters. Uh, Joe Kennedy of the Kennedy family ran the owned the Capitol Theater, and the Star Theater on Pleasant Street uh-huh. was part of his main New Hampshire theater. Yeah. So he wanted to... Uh, get all of the best pictures and push this little interloper out of the way. Uh, and he came up to Concord, to the Concord Theater, in his limo from Boston and told her he was going to put her out of business. And so he didn't. Uh, she outlasted the Capitol Theater and the right. Star Theater. Yeah. 
Now, was, is the Capitol Theater the the uh, Capitol Center for the Arts yes, as we it know is. it today? Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, so that was a huge uh, movie house. It was 1,400 yeah. seats as yeah. a movie theater, yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's where the Disney films played that yeah. I went to as a child. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was the capacity of the Concord Theater? Uh, 499 because she had 500 seats. Her insurance man said, if you have less than 500, your insurance will drop 30 uh, percent. She took a wrench and things went down the aisle, removed one of the seats, yeah. took it out, called him up and said, I now have 499 seats. Her insurance rate dropped. There you go. But boy, she, she, she was something, huh? She was. She, she was something. And uh, and uh, great history at, at, at that theater, the uh, the Concord Theater, which uh, now has uh, morphed into yes. uh, the Bank of New Hampshire stage. And mm-hmm. I know you have an appearance uh, coming up there in the not-too-distant future. Yes, Margaret Porter and I, another local author, are producing an event on April the 5th, Wednesday night, a free event, uh, in which Laura Canoy is going to interview several local authors. It's a way to spotlight that. Well, we'll talk more about that, okay. but uh, you know that music means we have to uh, mosey on out of here for a moment and uh, take a quick break here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Our guest today, a fascinating one, Paul Brogan, and author of the book, A Sprinkling of Stardust, over the outhouse and uh, talk more about that talk about his other books as well and uh, what he is up to uh, here in Concord on Kale and Company Live nhtalkradio.com WKXL presented by our good friends at Northeast Delta Dental we will be right back Welcome back. It is Kale and Company Live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Paul E. Brogan is our guest man about town for many, many years here in the capital city of uh, Concord. Spent a lot of time at the uh, Concord Theater, worked there, and uh, had a great influence on some of the movies that uh, were presented there uh, over the years. Uh, there are a lot of... Uh, a lot of stories uh, about the the Concord Theater, but uh, uh, you have debunked uh, several of them. I mean, we we always hear, and and unfortunately, I never attended a show at the at the uh-huh. Concord Theater, but you know, you heard it was uh, rat infested and and dirty and all sorts of things. But you are here to say today that it was not that way. Well, I, I know that between the years I was there, 1967 to 94, there wasn't so much as a mouse in the place. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't swear that there was never, uh, although sometimes people might have seen a mouse, which would happen in a very old building yeah. built in the 1800s, uh, and equated it. I know they had a cat that sometimes ran loose from the projection booth and ran <laughs> through the theater, and that may well have been, but she was very meticulous. Uh, I, I looked back on, on city inspections and things, and that it passed with flying colors. Yeah. So I think that that was probably a story started by Joe Kennedy to undermine the uh, Concord Theater's reputation as, as a, a competitor for him. 
Where was the theater on Pleasant Street? The uh, Star Theater is yeah. where it was White Mountain Coffee. Oh, and okay. That, okay. That building. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And that seated about 1,000 people. Really? Yes. Wow. That was the second largest in town. Isn't that something? Yes. I, I had no knowledge of that mm-hmm. uh, whatsoever. That closed uh, in 51, 51. So it was before well, we were around. It, it, it closed before <laughs> I was open. So, yes. You know. <laughs> Just barely, though. Yes. Just barely. Uh, but uh, at any rate, great, great history uh, in, in downtown Concord and the uh, theaters that we had in the past. Uh, we have a great one now in uh, in the Red River Theater, which is a, a terrific uh, movie theater. Truly, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they've done a great job with that. We were talking uh, a little bit about the movies uh, of today during our, our last break. What what are a couple of the movies that have come out uh, recently that, uh, that you enjoy? Well, I will go to a Marvel film for the sheer joy of... Growing up, I loved comic books. I would get them at Woolworths on Main Street. So I do go to those just for escapist entertainment. The other night, we went to see Knock at the Cabin. It's a suspense film. Very good. Very well-made. M M Night Sham, I can't pronounce his last name, who did Sixth Sense and a number of other. It's his latest film. So I like a good suspense. I don't think the comedies today necessarily are something at my age that I get all of the humor. So I don't really... Um, we do go to Red River quite a bit. I love, yeah. love the selection of films. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. It, it's nice, and so I try to vary it and, and you know stay in touch still with what's going on in the movies, although I don't go nearly as much as I used to, which was probably twice a week. Yeah, and uh, I, I tell you, of, of the movies of recent vintage that have come out within the last, say, six months, mm-hmm. uh, the one I have enjoyed the most was The Fablemans, Mm-hmm. The uh, Steven Spielberg yes. uh, movie, uh-huh. sort of autobiographical, <laughs> yes. I guess. Yes, uh, loosely based on uh, his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that, uh, did you see that one? I have not yet. Uh, it's yeah. on the list. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I, I thought it was very good. I, mm-hmm. I'm not into a lot of the action stuff. No, no. Myself, I, I have been to, to the Marvel movies and some of those, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just not into uh, all, no. all the. No. Uh, Technology that uh, yes. uh, is involved today. Well, because it's not actually people. Often it's CGI right. yeah. that creates it, right. and that takes away some of the magic that there used to be. Yeah. Oh no, no doubt about that. And uh, I mean, uh, you know, going to the movies uh, used to be huge. And as a matter of fact, you mentioned uh, that uh, sometimes uh, the movies were delayed a little bit at the Concord Theater to uh, accommodate the the schedule of some of the regular patrons. Yes. That would go to the movies there. Uh, well, the one that comes to mind is the John Wayne, Catherine Hepburn film, Rooster Cogburn, which we opened. And a man called from Henniker to say, Teresa, I'm running a little late. We're leaving right now. Uh, would you you know, hold the film for us? And she didn't even bat an eye. Of course, you, you know, you've been coming here for 30 years. She went to the back of the theater, and she had a great booming voice and said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to delay the movie for a few minutes because we have a longtime customer coming in from out of town. And she said, if this is an inconvenience for any of you, come back and I will give you a pass. 
uh, to come back as well as give you your money back. Nobody moved from their seat. John Wayne fans were yeah. very oh, loyal. Yeah. Sure. And she said, and in the meantime, I'll give you all free popcorn if you'd like it. They stampeded up the aisles. My oh, God. they did, yeah. I think everyone there, there were probably 250, 300 people there, got their free popcorn and everybody was happy. Well, I, I guess so. <laughs> and uh, you, you talk about two stars, John Wayne and, and Catherine Hepburn. Uh, I mean, you know, who who are the movie stars of, of today? I don't think there are any no. really of that magnitude these no. days. Having the name Marvel on a uh, marquee is yeah. all it takes for a lot of people. Right. Yeah. And, you know, somebody don't they don't really have stars because we don't have the movie magazines and things like that where people are invested in caring about the lives of people except for the you know the online and the tabloids and yeah. things like that but yeah. no no it's it's totally different all right so you you mentioned Catherine Hepburn and when you were on with us last week talking about uh, Ollie and your involvement with that uh, great program you you mentioned uh, a get together or dinner you had with <coughs> the great Catherine Hepburn. And, and how did that come about? <laughs> well, I had met her in 1980 when she was filming Golden Pond here in New Hampshire. Uh, a friend, a mutual friend, had arranged me to go up on the set and uh, just say hello. And she was very nice, uh, guarded, because I think she liked to keep her life in a certain level of privacy. Yeah. But uh, that same friend was coming from California to New York to visit her and to see Shirley MacLaine's Broadway show at the time and said, why don't you come down and we'll have dinner at, at a friend's house. And I didn't know who it was until we got into the car and he gave the address, which I knew was her address, because she and I had communicated via letter. So we got there and we had a lovely dinner. She didn't go out to restaurants. She always ate at home. Really? Yeah. And uh, I got goaded after dinner into doing an imitation of her from the 1969 <laughs> Broadway musical she did, Coco. Ah. And uh, it took two Bacardi and Cokes to get me to do it in front of her. And it was probably the most intimidating moment of my I'll, life. I'll bet. I'll, I'll bet. Now, I know you only have ginger ale in the studio here yes. uh, this morning, Paul. Uh, but uh, can, can you do a little Catherine Hepburn? I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, the calories are in bloom. How lovely their fragrance. Norman, Norman, you <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, that that was spot on. Thank you. Um, so, uh, what was what was her reaction? <clears throat> she sat there with her arms crossed throughout the entire performance of the song I did, which was Mademoiselle Cliché de Paris. Oh. And when she finished, she looked, and her friend Phyllis Wilborn, her assistant, said, "Kate, wasn't he wonderful? Wasn't he amazing?" And she looked and took a deep breath and said, well, I guess perhaps it's time to revive that Broadway musical <laughs> star, Paul. <laughs> so she never said he was wonderful or good or isn't that terrific. But by saying that, I think that was the closest you would get to her not saying, get out of here, I can't, you know, go away. <laughs> Well, you mentioned that you visited uh, Doris Day in California on any number of occasions, and then ultimately uh, you worked in, in California for a while. 
Yes, I worked at CBS Television in Television City uh, down on Fairfax, yes. And, and what did you do for CBS? I worked in the legal department, oh. but uh, I had a lot of contact with the people from Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful, and the different soaps. And um, I did some volunteer work for uh, delivering food to people with AIDS and different things like that. Yeah. So you were there for how long? Two years. Two years. Mm-hmm. And enjoy it? I did, yeah. but it was also enough to make me realize that my roots are really in New Hampshire, and, and that that means a lot more to me than than I didn't want to change in California and become very uh, like a lot of people become out there phonies, and I I was afraid that if I stayed there, the influence might change who I am. Yeah, well, you haven't changed a bit, right? <laughs> Paul Brogan is with us, a noted author, and uh, and it's so diverse that uh, I I couldn't begin to uh, mention all your credits before we have to take a break here on WKXL. But we'll be back. Uh, We're heading down the home stretch of this program, which has flown by so so far. Time flies when you're having fun. And we're having fun today with uh, Paul Brogan here on WKXL. NHtalkradio.com, if you missed any of uh, the show this morning, uh, you can hear it again right after 7 o'clock tonight on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. And we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Paul Brogan is with us. And his uh, latest book, A Sprinkling of Stardust, over the outhouse. What a terrific title! How, how <laughs> did you come you. up with the title? I felt that I needed to have something that would be eye-catching, and um, and I thought, and this will look nice on the shelf at Gibson's. So uh, they're flying off the shelves, though, right? <laughs> it's it's done very well, and yeah. and Michael Herman, hats off to him and his staff for all they do for local writers because it's an amazing resource in Concord. Yeah, there's no question. I mean. Gibson's is uh, just a terrific spot and uh, and, and really nationally, uh, maybe mm-hmm. internationally renowned uh, mm-hmm. bookstore, and we're so fortunate to have it uh, in, in downtown Concord. And uh, getting back to your, your first book, yes. uh, which was called, Was That a Name I Dropped? I, I read somewhere where you weren't totally happy with that. No, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't happy because it was supposed to come out six months later than it did, so there was going to be time for the editing and everything. And the publisher decided, no, we're bringing it out in April instead of November. And so I couldn't do a lot of the changes that I wanted and a lot of the just the structure. I would have gotten probably a C plus from one of the nuns if she had graded that first book. Whereas I think the latest one possibly an A minus or a B plus. Now your writing, I, I read, is very structured. You have certain times of the day when yes. you just sit down and uh, devote yourself completely to writing. Mm-hmm. Very disciplined. Uh, Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 usually or something approximating that and then 1 to 4 because I need to do that. Uh, otherwise, it becomes just a hobby of, oh, I'll do it or I'm going to skip this week or something else. So Yeah, so it's very disciplined. It and, is. And, and the nuns taught you that, right? They certainly they did. did. <laughs> <laughs> well, why did they rush the, the publication of your first book? 
I don't know. They never explained to me a very good reason. This was in 2011. And I, the more I, I complained about it, the more determined they seemed to get. So uh, I think they felt it would be a better book for the summer season than bringing it out the end of the year, you know, the holiday season. Yeah. You mentioned uh, local authors, and they have a whole section, and Gibson's devoted to yes. local authors. And uh, we are blessed in this area to have uh, quite a few local authors. There's great talent here. Yeah. There really are, are amazing individuals who, who work very hard and uh, diverse group of books and they all yeah. write different types yeah and there um, a lot of them uh, coming together as you mentioned earlier april 5th yes. at the bank of new hampshire stage yes margaret porter and i did an event last year there in april and it was so well received we thought let's uh spotlight some additional people this year and laura canoy is going to be the host and interview the people and it's free which makes it even better so, yes, it's it's a wonderful evening, and books will be on sale in the lobby. Michael yeah. Herman from Gibson's will be selling copies of the different books from the authors. Well, that, that is terrific. So uh, mark that date on your calendar, Wednesday, April the 5th, at the uh, Bank of New Hampshire stage, formerly the Concord Theater. Yes. And they still have on the sidewalk the entrance uh, plaque or sign to the Concord Theater. They do, and the yeah. original box office is still inside. That's the original too. box office. That's, yeah, that's it's great. It's it's yeah. nice. Every time I walk in there, are a million memories. Yeah, oh, well, I'm, I'm sure that there are, and uh, I'm sure there are a lot of memories for people who uh, you know grew up around Concord the same time uh, you did. I I did not, but certainly uh, certainly enjoy hearing about the history of uh, you know these great downtown towns uh, in Concord, certainly. I think, I'm sure most people don't realize that they have Woolworths and a Grants downtown mm-hmm. and uh, all the other shops that, that they had as well. And the same was true uh, for Manchester. Manchester. You, you told me about taking uh, the bus down uh, from Manchester, to, mm-hmm. from Concord to Manchester when yes. you were a youngster. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a big trip, right? Well, Parasos in Manchester had an escalator that I loved as a kid to ride up and down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was worth the bus ride right there. Yes, it was, right there. At Parasos (laughs) and McQuaid's and Mm -hmm. uh, all those stores in in downtown Manchester. Ted Herbert's music store. Ted Herbert's for sure, yeah. I I took Patty Page there. They knew each other from years before when she came to Manchester, and they had a great reunion. Of course, uh, Ted Herbert had a big band. He did. at one time, and mm-hmm. uh, so uh, their paths uh, obviously uh, crossed in the show business world. Yes, and uh, and and Patty Page, uh, as you said, was into maple syrup yeah. uh, in New Hampshire. Uh, where where did she live in New Hampshire? Uh, right outside of Bath. Okay, so it was up up in the North Country, yeah. but it was a lovely place. I had dinner there at her home a couple of times, and gracious, charming, delightful lady. Yeah. Yeah, as was Doris Day. Now mm-hmm. she she was married a number of times. Correct? Four, four times. Yes, four times. <laughs> Did she ever get it right? Nope. nope. <laughs> uh, that's what she said. No, she said they all married Doris Day, or or were jealous of her success, and were just sort of leeches, basically. Yeah. Wow, isn't that isn't that something, huh? Mm-hmm. That uh, she was such a star and such a successful career in the movies, but you know you hear that happen quite often. That, it does. Uh, a lot of uh, marriages uh, take place in in Hollywood and don't last very long, mm-hmm. right? 
And she had four of them. She had four. I think she should have married John Denver when they were involved because they they connected. They were involved. As a couple. As a couple for almost a year. They did two television specials together and were he adored her despite the fact that there was a 20 year or so difference in age that doesn't matter right no it no, didn't no, uh, no no he just was enamored of her isn't that something mm-hmm. I, I don't think i i until you until i, I read something that uh, you you had uh, published uh, about doris day and john denver i had no idea mm-hmm. I, I thought i thought initially you meant they Collaborated on uh, on music, which I guess they did. They did, <laughs> uh, but uh, but they were also romantically involved. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yes, <laughs> John Denver and Doris Day. That's unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, uh, lot, lot, lots of great stories, and I'm sure there were thousands in, in this book that I'm holding. That's this is a big book. Yes, this is a big book. I'm going to have to. Uh, Take this on my next vacation. Okay. I don't know when that's coming. I'll have to to talk to the general manager here about that. Uh, But uh, at any rate, I can't wait to read A Sprinkling of Stardust over the outhouse, which is available at Gibson's. Yes, it is. In downtown Manchester. uh, Downtown Concord. Downtown Concord, yes. It's also at the Bookery in the Bookery. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, thank you. You bailed me out. And and, uh, can people get it on Amazon as well? Yes, Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. All right, very good. And your other books are still out there. Uh, not the first one. Not the first one. Uh, the second one is, no, the first one, for some reason, after because the cover is me and Doris Day. Yeah. After she passed away, it suddenly became very valuable. Used copies were going on eBay for twelve and $1,300. Whoa. I don't get anything from that because wow. they're used books. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's no longer in print. Wow. Isn't that something, mm, huh? I oh, know. That is amazing. <laughs> but the... Uh, the Concord Theater book is still yes, out there. Yes, it is. And it's at Gibson's. And, and that, uh, I understand, really flew off the shelves. And that was, uh, it did very album. well. Yeah. It did extremely yeah. well. I was very proud of the p- number of people that came and were interested in reading that part of the history of our our city. Yeah, and it, a, a big part of the history it was. And uh, you, you talked about 900,000 people one year attending the movies in downtown Concord. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that's mind-boggling it is. these it days is. when you think about it. It is. When you it go truly. to the movies sometimes uh, these days and there are, you know, four or five four. other people in the theater. That's you it. Know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Not four or five hundred, but no. four or five, uh, period. It is. Period. So uh, what else are you up to these days, well, Paul? I know you're working on another book. Yes, called The Park, the set park. in White's Park. We call it White's. Anybody <laughs> that grew up in Concord, yeah. it's White's, it, not it, White Park. Right. It's right. a murder mystery. Set in 1962, uh, some of the characters are real people. Concord's police chief at the time, uh-huh. the different, uh, but it's a fictional a murder a series of murders that take place in the park. Yeah, White's Park. White's Park in Concord. That's so uh, it's it's uh, totally different the genre for me. So it's really something I'm being very careful about and writing very methodically because I want it to be a good mystery and I don't want it to just oh it's another of you know Paul's books so mystery is a really hard genre to write and I'm glad that I stepped out of my comfort zone of writing true you know types of things because I think it's good to really have to work at something and know that this isn't just a piece of cake all right any uh 
projected uh, publishing time for that? Sometime, I hope, in 2024. Ah, okay. So maybe you'll have me back on the show to oh, talk about it. I will have it. you back uh, long before that, Paul. No no doubt about that. And uh, looking forward to it. We'll have you on uh, maybe with Laura Canoy uh, before the uh, the great uh, program that's coming up on April okay. 5th at All the right. uh, at the Bank of New Hampshire stage. Yay. Formerly the Concord Theater. Theater. Yes, uh-huh. yes. But the, the little welcome mat is still there. And, uh, Paul, I'll tell you what, this hour has uh, flown by. It has. Thank you, Ken, for inviting me. Covered a lot of ground, but there's a lot more to cover. Paul E. Brogan, a sprinkling of stardust over the outhouse. Uh, It's available at uh, Gibson's in downtown Concord, the Bookery in downtown Manchester, through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. So if you want that book... Uh, you can get it within 10 minutes of right now, folks, at, uh, at uh, whether it be uh, oh, whether it be Gibson's or the Bookery. We boom into downtown Manchester on uh, 101.9 FM, so people might be lined up outside the door right now. <laughs> Paul Brogan, thanks again. You were, Thank you, you were a delight. And uh, thanks for being with us today here on Kale & Company Live. Again, this show will be repeated tonight uh, right after 7 o'clock. And we are presented by... Northeast Delta Dental. Have a great day, everybody.